Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. Big life changes, travel plans, important caregiving responsibilities, or major work obligations can all influence the time, energy, and motivation you have for scrapbooking. This is the time to think about the role you want scrapbooking to have in your life and how you can tailor your plans to fit that. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 41. In this episode, we're going behind the scenes of my own hobby to explore best practices in planning for a productive and joyful creative year. Plus, you'll be the first to hear one of our exciting announcements for 2020. Hey friends, I am so excited to bring you this special episode. The 2020 planning party has begun, and this episode will guide you through a series of simple prompts to help you start planning for the new year. I'll even share my own personal anecdotes along the way to help you out. So what's this planning party thing? The planning party is an online event held each year at Simple Scrapper with content just like this episode and special events to ensure that your hobby fills you up and fits your life. We know that you're already thinking about new formats, new projects, and new experiences for the new year. So the 2020 planning party is an organized effort where we can work together to craft a plan that works for you. In sum, the 2020 planning party is where you can implement everything you've learned on the podcast this year to scrapbook your way. You can find out more about the 2020 planning party as well as download a companion worksheet for this episode at simplescrapper.com slash plan. All right, let's do this. I have five questions for you that when taken all together, create a helpful container for planning what you want to create next year and how you will go about it. In all my experiences using this big picture approach with scrapbookers, I found it to bring out important realizations that then guide decisions for the future. So here's the first question. What has worked well for you over the past year? And why do you think that is? You are searching your brain for moments of creative flow and energy. You're thinking about projects that came together with ease or brought you enormous pride. Can you find common threads? What stands out in your mind? There's a few things that stand out for me personally. The first is attending crops with fellow Simple Scrapper members, both online and in person. 
There's something so powerful about creating with others, even if everyone else is quiet and doing their own thing. We have a very introvert-friendly community that is so supportive of not only the productivity of all of our members, but my own as well. Also, printing standout photos right away worked really well for me. Now, I didn't always do this, but when I did, it easily and quickly led to a finished page. This helped me see that having photos I'm excited to scrapbook very naturally leads to actually scrapbooking. Now, at the same time, I also saw that getting a story down on a hybrid journaling page, even if I didn't have a photo ready, helped me feel like I was really capturing important memories and and not losing them. I never, I've never really been able to keep a journal, but typing my journaling right in Photoshop and then printing it right away was an easy and simple way to feel like I was making progress. And altogether, these experiences have shown me how important it is, at least for my own creative happiness, to follow my inclinations, to follow my gut in any given moment, and, and also help me embrace making progress for the sake of making progress without as much focus on finishing one specific album or project. As long as I'm moving forward, I'm feeling good. Now it's your turn. Thinking about what has worked well this year, and even in recent years, helps you to build an even stronger foundation for your hobby. I like to say that you should focus 80% of your energy on doing what works and 20% on experimentation to figure out what else might work. All right, let's move on to the second question. What hasn't worked well for you over the past year? And why do you think that is? With this question, you are looking for the lessons of failure or the lessons of frustration. Where are you getting stuck and why might that be happening? Sometimes we get down on ourselves for not keeping up with a project or finishing a class or wrapping something up, when instead, these can be powerful opportunities to learn more about what makes us tick and to make better, more productive decisions in the future. For me, well, I need to be honest here, and I touched on this in a recent episode. This wasn't my most productive year. I definitely have years where I create a lot, and 2018 was one of those, and others where I don't, and that's okay. I think this year I got stuck in my head a little bit too much, and I didn't use my creative time as a tool for gratitude and relaxation as much as I could have. I kept waiting to be in a mood, yet I wasn't when I could have used the hobby as a a, a tool to get me in the mood, if you will. I also continue to struggle with pocket pages. I think it's just not my thing. Sometimes I jump in because I have the supplies and I can easily print three by four photos. So it's not to say I don't ever like it, but the creative process just isn't as fun for me. I like layouts and in a bit of a twist, I'm actually liking two page layouts a lot. The most success I've had with pocket pages is when I did zero embellishment. So with that in mind, this might make help me with a path forward to finish some of these older projects that are based on pocket pages. Finally, it's become clear that I still struggle with handwriting and anxiety. I have more layouts than I care to admit that don't have journaling yet. And I kept discovering these when I was cleaning my office recently. And now for almost all of them, I have a story in mind, but I have fears related to messing up the page. 
And I think that this problem that keeps cropping up is where hybrid might help me. So whether that's creating uh, an accessory page to do the journaling or planning it ahead of time and doing it on the computer, I think that's going to help me get over this handwriting anxiety. Now, it doesn't mean that I won't ever create a page that has my handwriting because I think that's so important, but I want to create more pages and get more stories told. So I need to figure out a solution that works for me. And when you focus on these silver linings or the lessons from what's frustrating you and going wrong, you can also start making course corrections and avoid heading down that same path again. Okay, let's head to number three. What stands out as a light bulb moment from the past year and how did you apply it? A light bulb moment or aha moment, if you will, is one where you had a big realization where everything clicked, made sense, or came together for you. You also want to take note of how you made a change or implemented this new lesson. I definitely have had a number of these in the past year. The first is very recent. I mentioned hybrid journaling earlier, and this was so huge. My stories are so much more thoughtful when I type them. Conceptually, I knew this, but I was still making layouts with just a small paragraph. Now, I love those pages, but I also want to include more longer stories in my albums and to get more of those feelings out of me and onto paper because scrapbooking is ultimately a gratitude practice for me. And I think writing these longer stories would have even more of that that therapeutic benefit in my life. Now, the pocket page issues I mentioned in the last section is not really a new light bulb moment for me, but it was really this year where I finally said no to doing a pocket page-based December daily album. I was able to really lean on this self-knowledge to personalize the project for my own needs. Now, (laughs) I've been teaching this for years now, but it takes time to really embrace it and to make those connections. That's why we do these processes again and again. We ask the same questions. We go through this experience to keep learning from ourselves. So I'll be fleshing out a more detailed plan during November, but I know for sure that I'm using a three by eight album and that I want to combine some hybrid pages with some more fun, scrappy pages and Probably no pocket pages at all because it's just not my thing. I've also had one of these realizations surrounding photo books. So, and I think I've also mentioned this on the podcast. At this time, every year, I think I want to scrapbook my whole year in a photo book. And then every year, like clockwork, I change my mind and I talk myself out of it. So here's the lesson that I've gleaned from this. I can be both minimal and artistic or more crafty at the same time. I have both of these things in me and I don't need to choose one or the other. They're both just me. So in my case, this probably looks like having a specific photo book project on the side to satisfy those urges while still maintaining a more traditional scrapbook for our everyday stories. And once you start paying attention to these little whispers or sometimes they're loud shouts, you'll feel more capable of truly scrapbooking your way. I know that each week's conversation with my podcast guest teaches me something and gives me a chance to consider whether this small tweak or that specific approach could work for me. All right, are you still with me here? Don't forget, you can pause this episode at any time to work on your own responses to the questions. But let's keep going. Number four, what would you like to change about your scrapbooking in the next 12 months? 
This is where we start to get specific and draft some big picture plans. It might be helpful to think in terms of more X or less Y, or you might want to set out some objectives. No matter what you think or write here, nothing is set in stone. Focus on your gut reaction and know that you can refine it as we move forward. It's only November and you have time to marinate on these ideas. Got it? Good. So here's what I think that I want to do in 2020. I know for sure that I want to attend more of our member-hosted crops inside our community and invite even more members to host these because I know how powerful the experience is and how productive it is for me. I also want to create more hybrid layouts in part so I don't have to be having a quote-unquote good handwriting day to finish that page. I also want to have my Disney photo book finished in 2019 so that I can stay open to these new opportunities to create a photo book when that urge strikes. I can see that maybe Week in the Life or some summer stories might create the opportunity to do that, but I want to have that space to jump right in when I feel called to. Finally, and I think this is what I'm most nervous about, I think I want to try an eight and a half by 11 album again. I think my desire to do more longer journaling will create the need for maybe a bigger canvas. I've been using six by eight. Um, And also my willingness to let go of pocket pages means I won't have the frustration of trying to fit three by fours and four by six cards into this size. But as I said, I'm nervous about this. So it's definitely something I'm going to continue thinking about for a bit. I think I'm narrowed it down to doing eight and a half by 11 as a new size, maybe rethinking how I want to structure my albums or just continuing tin, or just continuing on with six by eight because that's relatively been working well for me. Okay, what do you think? What's next for you? I want to say this again. This is just a draft. Some initial thoughts on how you might want to do things differently. By putting ideas into words, you can start trying them on for size and possibly even generate a new light bulb idea when you figure out why that plan just won't work at all. Starting now gives you that space to not know for sure and figure it out as you go along. Friends, we're almost there. Here's just one more question for you. How does scrapbooking fit into or relate to your personal goals for the next 12 months? Now, this one is so important. Your plans have to make sense in the context of your life. And if you're anything like me, it can be a challenge to juggle multiple priorities. But by thinking about what you want to achieve and even what you'll need to just get through in 2020, you can validate and refine these scrapbooking plans that you're making. Big life changes, travel plans, important caregiving responsibilities, or major work obligations can all influence the time, energy, and motivation you have for scrapbooking. This is the time to think about the role you want scrapbooking to have in your life and how you can tailor your plans to fit that. Personally, I'm excited about 2020 because I'm having my 40th birthday in January. I love new beginnings, and I'm definitely seeing this milestone as an opportunity to start fresh. I also know this year will be full. Our Simple Scrapper Retreat will be in the spring, and I'm going to be PTA president in the fall. I also hope to get involved in some get-out-the-vote activities before the U.S. election in November. But even though things are busy, I know I have a lot of time flexibility. 
Both my physical health and my mental health are important priorities for me. So it might be helpful to alternate exercise and scrapbooking on the calendar. I know that I'm not going to do either every day, but I can carve out an hour towards my self-care. And friends, that was literally just a light bulb moment from these prompts. I had not considered this, you know, self-care block idea before just now as I outlined my episode notes for you. Nor would I have even been able to wrap my brain around it without spending this time in contemplation. I hope you have a similar experience with these prompts and this episode of Scrapbook Your Way. If you would like more support and guidance for New Year planning, I'll be hosting the 12 Days of Planning over on the Simple Scrapper Instagram account as part of the 2020 planning party. Starting tomorrow, November 5th, I'll be uploading a short tip video every morning at 9 a.m. Central. Finally, I would love for you to join me this Thursday evening, November 7th, 2019 at 8 p.m. Central for our first Your Way workshop. Your Year, Your Way will help you refine your plans for 2020 by learning from other scrapbookers. And each month, I'll be hosting this free event to help you explore your hobby in a friendly, supportive environment. The Your Way workshops will take place on Zoom, a video conferencing platform that really is the next best thing to being in the same room with each other. We pilot tested this concept at our recent retreat, and I think you're going to love it. You can find a Google Calendar link as well as the Zoom link on the 2020 Planning Party page at simplescrapper.com plan. Friends, thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you at the 2020 Planning Party and that you remember you have permission to scrapbook your way.